Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two at two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers, using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. All the checks and balances, all the due process of law coming to the table for the greatest country on the face of the earth. As you know, we stand for revolution if it's a Jesus revolution. Otherwise, we're out. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, is with me. Welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Hello, and very good to be back, Sam. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. I know we haven't been together for several weeks. Partly you were traveling, and then partly I went for surgery, and it's been a little bit of a hit and miss, but thanks for your patience with all that. We're delighted to have Lowell back, and we kick off out of the gate. Uh, by an incredible article from Ron Paul highlighting what's been going on without any media coverage to speak of, Lowell. Yeah, it's surprising to me, Sam, that uh, that uh, Biden picks a fight with another country and we don't hear about it on the lamestream media. Well, I shouldn't be surprised, but you know, that's basically what's happened. Uh, Ron Paul wrote this column. It's posted at campaignforliberty.org. Uh, two weeks ago, he writes this, quote, President Biden, Biden started a new U.S. war on the tiny country of Yemen, uh, or Yemen. Some people pronounce that Yemen. Uh, U.S. warships and fighter jets launched more than 100 missiles at the country in a massive escalation that the administration bizarrely claimed would de-escalate tensions in the Red Sea. Taking the U.S. to war without a congressional declaration of war is a grave crime against the Constitution. Not only did Biden show no interest in coming to Congress for a war declaration, he didn't even ask for authorization. Continuing the quote, he writes, Together with Washington's reliable junior partner in war, the U.K., Biden attacked Yemen. It seems the U.S. administration consulted more with the U.K. government than with the U.S. Congress on the attacks. End of quote. Uh, so, Sam, that's not even the worst part, according to Ron. Not only did uh, Congress not, you know, decry this illegal, unconstitutional action, but uh, Congress applauded Biden's action. So it's like they don't take seriously their their oath to the Constitution, which says that only Congress may declare war, right? The president may not take us into war unilaterally. He has to, he, he can only take us to war after a, con, a congressional declaration of war. Well, so Ron Paul noticed this violation of the Constitution, as did um, several Democratic congressmen. And they joined a handful of Republican colleagues to denounce the U.S. president taking the country to war without the authority to do so. It was uh, the representative from California, Kana is his name, K-H-A-N-N-A. He said, quote, the president's strikes in Yemen are unconstitutional. For over a month, 
He consulted an international coalition to plan them, but never came to Congress to seek authorization as required by Article I of the Constitution. End of quote. <laughs> so I, you know, we got to give kudos to him because he deserves kudos for not only recognizing the violation of the Constitution, but speaking out about it. You know, unfortunately, it was just a handful of representatives and senators that, that spoke out. I wish it were a majority speaking out against it, because this is really an impeachable offense. If you violate the Constitution, you need to be put back in your place. Well, then Ron Paul emphasized the constitutional principles regarding the war powers authority. And that's one of the great things I really like about Ron Paul. Whenever he writes, not only does he criticize the action if it deserves criticism, but then he gives you the constitutional reasons for his criticism. <clears throat> he wrote this, quote, The framers of the Constitution gave war-making power to Congress because they understood that leaving such power in the hands of one person was a recipe for disaster. The role of the president is to make the case for a war declaration. Congress deliberates and either authorizes or refuses the proposed action. End of quote. <clears throat> so, obviously, Sam, most of our public servants in Washington, D.C. have not learned the lessons of Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria, and other countries in the Middle East and in, in Europe. <clears throat> uh, Ron asks this. He says, why do we keep losing wars? Because we do not go into wars according to the U.S. Constitution. This war, meaning the war in Yemen, will be no different. End of quote. <clears throat> Iran then explained that the Houthis in Yemen withstood years of attacks from Saudi Arabia who were using the latest in U.S. weaponry. Yemen did not target U.S. vessels in the Red Sea, but only ships heading to and from Israeli ports. <clears throat> He writes, quote, they're doing so, <coughs> excuse me, in opposition to Israel's destruction of Gaza. In short, there was never our war, but now with this attack, Biden has made it our war, end of quote. <laughs> so, so here we go again into another war for which Congress has made no declaration, absolutely unconstitutional, Sam, for which the president should be impeached. Now, yeah, so they're not going to impeach the president because, see, the Republicans, they want their presidents to be able to do what Biden just did. They don't want to hold the Democrat president accountable because then they'd be hypocrites if they didn't hold a Republican president accountable. But you have to start somewhere, so why not hold him accountable to the because Constitution? Because they have no guts. Mike Johnson's selling us out. Mike Johnson delighted about Joe Biden's actions, not critical at all, completely supportive of his actions uh, when he has no authority to be supportive of those actions whatsoever. So even Mike Johnson is on the wrong side of this one. Absolutely right, Sam. But there is something that a courageous state could do if we had some courageous states, you know, courageous governors and courageous legislators. And that, Sam, is to pass a Defend the Guard Act in their state legislature. DefendTheGuard.us is the website where you can read more about this act, but essentially it's state-level legislation that would prohibit 
the deployment of National Guard troops to a combat zone without a congressional declaration of war. <clears throat> and this is the state-level nullification of a presidential decision to take us to war without authorization from Congress. I love this act, and I wish states around the country would embrace it, <clears throat> pass it, get their governor to sign it, and then abide by it. It would really be a, a, a great way to, to curtail the out-of-control actions of a president who, who you know, usurps this authority to himself. He has, no, he has no authority to take us to war. Only Congress can take us to war, and yet Congress is yellow belly, not courageous. They won't even criticize a president for doing so. <clears throat> we need states to take a stronger hand, a stronger role in curtailing this abuse of authority by our president. Sam? There's no doubt about that. The headline says, Defend the Guard, Uphold the Constitution. And it's really a, an effort, a petition to literally say, look, states have sovereignty. There's dual sovereignty between the general government and the states. And the states can and must push back on this. Defend the Guard is kind of the quintessential uh, act, if you will, to try to make this happen to where states have a say in the matter. If we're not going to listen to you know, anybody else, we're just going to let the president do whatever he wants and Congress isn't going to take their job. Seriously, they're guilty of dereliction of duty, to say the least, Lowell. That's right, Sam. And, and for any of you state legislators out there who are listening to this broadcast, if you go to the website, defendtheguard.us, there is model legislation. There's a bill that was introduced in the West Virginia legislature several years ago, and I think every year since. Uh, House Bill 2732, you can take a look at the bill there. You can adapt it to your state and introduce it in your state. Many, many of the state's legislatures are, are meeting right now. Uh, I know that Utah uh, began last Tuesday, and so a great opportunity in your state. Sam? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight. Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman, continue in seconds on your radio. Liberty Roundtable Live. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, why some of my seals are gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable Live. My name is Lowell Nelson. I'm a guest on the show today, this hour, every Monday morning from 9 to 10. Sam Bushman is your host. Uh, today, I want to, well, for anybody who wasn't looking, yesterday, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, dropped out of the 2024 presidential race. Not only did he drop out, but he endorsed Trump. <clears throat> he put a lot of effort into Iowa. <clears throat> he spent a lot of time there, visited every single county in the state of Iowa in an effort to get their support, <clears throat> And uh, but, but be... In, in, in the end, he got 21% of the vote of the uh, the caucus over there in Iowa. Trump earned 51%, DeSantis 21%, Nikki Haley 19%, and Ramaswamy 8%. Um, I think that very day or the day after, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out and endorsed Trump. Yeah, and, by the way, uh, I've got a clip for this days. that I want to play really quick, Lowell, about Vivek Ramaswamy dropping awesome. out. What he has to say is riveting. Liz, if you can get that ready really quick, I'll talk until you do. Tell me when it's ready. Um, this clip is really critical to understand. Uh, Vivek uh, is not constitutionally qualified to be president uh, because he had uh, foreign parents when he was born in the United States. And so that's a problem for him. But I support him as a member of Donald Trump or whatever president's candidate um, cabinet. Vivek is right on the money. Uh, he says things as they truly are. He speaks truth to power like nobody's business. And not only did he endorse Donald Trump, but he's on the campaign trail for Trump uh, over the next who knows how long. Um, for sure for the um, the next bout, which is uh, what's after uh, Iowa? What's, um, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, especially New, New Hampshire. Hampshire and North Carolina and everything else. Nikki Haley vowing to stay in until at least Super Tuesday. We'll see if that remains true, depending on how bad she gets beat. But all the Vivek votes are going to go to Trump. A lot of the DeSantis votes are going to go to Trump. I think that those two endorsing him, not to mention um, Tim Scott endorsing Donald Trump uh, as well over the weekend. So it is huge, and all that makes a big difference. Here is Vivek. All right, we'll get that clip ready. Lowell, what do you say? Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, clip's I, ready. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. and then you can respond. Let's do this, guys. Okay. It's good to see you. It's good to be back to New Hampshire. We miss you guys. 
We're going to make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here, patriots across the state. We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican, even in a deeper sense. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen. Between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander-in-chief who will lead us to victory in this war. That's what we need in this country. You got to know you're in a war to win one. You can't win one if you're asleep at the switch, have your head stuck in the sand like most Republicans. And I think that's going to require somebody who isn't bought and paid for, a businessman, not a politician. Anybody heard of that? And that's why I was in this race. But I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night. And I'm a big believer that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we, the people, choose who leads this country. And so we heard we, the people, last night. And that is why last evening I met my friend here. We met in person. And I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for president of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. End affirmative action. End at DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law. And that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States of America. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state. Not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. And the way we're actually going to do this in the long run and win this this time around is with elections we need to secure in this country for the long run. You want to know what needs to happen in this country? Single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots, government-issued ID to match the voter file, and English as the sole language that appears on a ballot. And I'm confident this man will be the one to get us there. And this is how we get our country back. Not black or white. It's deeper than that. These are the ideals of the American Revolution. And you know what? We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what? If you want somebody who's going to foist onto you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, to have the right to use the Internet, this man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who'll do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. 
You want to send, you want to cut Social Security, you want to cut Medicare, you want to cut veterans' benefits All right, so we, we can, can fork let that go. over he more goes money on. to Ukraine. Lowell Nelson, I want you to respond to that, though. That's what's happening on the ground in New Hampshire. Yeah, that was totally awesome. I love that clip. I hadn't heard it before, but I totally love it, uh, uh, you know, because uh, and, and wouldn't it be great, Sam, if um, Vivek Ramaswamy was his like uh, chief of staff, kind of like a gatekeeper, you know, for him? Because one of his problems in earlier administration was that he was getting bad information uh, by people who wanted to undermine him. But uh, Ramaswamy, because he tells it like it is, I would be far more confident in his being the gatekeeper because he would then let uh, the truth in to the, you know, in into to Donald Trump. You know, the problem with getting the wrong people is if you surround yourself with the wrong people, then you're only going to hear what they want you to hear. Well, it sounds to me like uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, knows what's going on on the, you know, really going on in our country. Uh, he's aware that there's people here wanting to undermine our Constitution, undermine our sovereignty, and uh, take us back into the Stone Ages. Well, uh, and so he's going to allow the, the appropriate people to um, to get to and visit with Donald Trump, uh, uh, assuming that he wins the presidency. And therefore, President Trump would make better decisions this time around than he did last time. I think he would be more successful in draining the swamp. And, um, you know, getting the government out of our lives. Um, I, I was a little concerned about, you know, I, 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 you know, I understand that Vivek can be very energizing with his rhetoric, but I don't want a government that um, um, is in every aspect of our lives. I want a government that's not uh, in every aspect of our lives. Uh, in other words, one that understand its constitutional role, which is primarily two things, defense and uh, interstate commerce, and does just that. Um, so, boy, am I excited that uh, Vivek uh, 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 endorsed Trump, absolutely. And I'm also excited that, um, that Ron DeSantis has endorsed Trump uh, because I want, uh, I, want, I want Trump in there to uh, give us another bite at the apple not only draining the swamp, but, you know, Vivek was absolutely right, Sam, about the, the war that's going on here. It's not a war, really, of, of left versus right. It's a, it's a war between right versus wrong, um, where the, 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 those on the wrong side are attempting to undermine our country and, um, and, and, and turn us into a socialist Marxist state where tyranny prevails, uh, the modern-day police state, surveillance state, uh, where you don't have any freedoms. And that's the real fight that we're up against. Yes, we do have some foreign countries that, that might pose a threat, but as you know, Sam, uh, empires fall. They crumble from within. They don't crumble because somebody on the outside is beating them up, Sam. You got that right. And I'm, I'm really, the difference between Donald last time and this time, in my opinion, depends on who he surrounds himself with. Okay, that's to me the key to the exercise. And so I want to know who he's going to pick for VP. I hear smatterings of Elise Stefanak, or I hear uh, examples of possibly Christy Nome, or I hear, you know, I don't think those people are, are awful, but they're not great either. We need somebody really, really, really strong. And I don't know if you know, but recent polls just came out 
showing that if Donald Trump were to pick Robert F. Kennedy Jr., RFKJR, they would have a 60% landslide. Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> you know, because I, I like RFK Jr. because he's willing to challenge the narrative, right? He, he, he believes in the conspiracy facts on the ground uh, about the uh, big pharma uh, con conspiracy to inject all of us with their mRNA gene therapy. Uh, he, he's willing to believe that uh, his uncle was killed by conspiracy. You know, not uh, and, and and so many of these things that that he's willing to to, to he no say, doubt upsets uh, the status quo. Hang tight, Lol Nelson campaign for Liberty org and yours truly in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is dropping out of the race for the White House and endorsing former President Trump. DeSantis posted the news on X over the weekend. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley is turning up the heated rhetoric against the Republican frontrunner, Donald Trump. The two are in a dead heat headed into the first-in-the-nation primary election in New Hampshire. During an interview on CBS Face the Nation Sunday, Haley said she was never comfortable with the way Trump handled foreign dictators like Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. You can't have someone who's trying to buddy up with dictators that want to kill us. Instead, you have to let them know what we expect of them. In a statement Sunday, the Trump campaign called Haley a globalist who intends to do anything to stop the America First movement. A missile attack by Iranian-backed militants in western Iraq did leave several American service members wounded at an air base there. The Iranian-supported militia is accused of launching missiles at Al-Assad Air Base on Saturday. U.S. Central Command says most of the missiles were intercepted, but some hit the base. Meanwhile, the U.S. is ending the 10-day search for two Navy SEALs who went missing in waters in the Gulf of Aden off the coast of East Africa, both frogmen are now presumed dead, with rescue operations now transitioned to recovery. And the NFL's conference championship games are set. The Ravens will take on the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. And the Cinderella story Detroit Lions will face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC title game. It all happens next Sunday. This is USA News. You've been working hard, doing the right thing and paying your taxes, and putting your hard-earned money in the Medicare piggy bank all your life. And now it's time to break the piggy bank and get something back. Medicare. If you didn't know it, Medicare is health insurance for people over 65. And you've paid for it with your tax dollars. Medicare plans now have more benefits than ever. That's good news, especially if you're like me and looking forward to paying as little as possible for good health insurance. Call and find out what Medicare plan is best for you. Save your time. It's valuable. We've already done the research for you. And in one quick phone call, you can learn how to get the best Medicare plan designed exactly for you. Hey, it's one of the most important decisions in your life. Let us help you through it. Here's our number. Call 65 plus Medicare now. 800-778-8214. 
800-778-8214. That's 800-778-8214. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. With all the recent endorsements over the weekend and with the landslide that took place in Iowa, New Hampshire is going to be very similar. Donald is on a roll, which is wonderful news in many respects, but I'm concerned about who he will surround himself with. RFKJR, if he was selected, polls say they'd have a 60% landslide. Uh, I don't know who else Donald might consider picking, but a lot of the people he's considered picking scare me more than, a, than an RFKJR. Now, I know RFKJR doesn't agree with me on a lot of things, but he's at least willing to challenge the status quo, as Lowell pointed out. At least he's willing to call a spade a spade and, and say, hey, there are conspiracies out there. Yes, there are problems with it. Yes, the government lied about that, and he's willing to do that like nobody's business. I would basically, if I were Donald, I would start to fill out my cabinet and let people know who you're electing. You're electing a whole group of people. And I would say that RFKJR would be the best person to be VP pick. The other one that might be good would be uh, Judge Roy Moore. Another one would be Mike Lee. Another one would be Rand Paul. They're not perfect either, but they'd be way better than the cast that he's looking at right now. Furthermore, I would take people like Vivek Ramaswamy, and I would make Vivek Ramaswamy the, the media person. You know, you have these... You know, people out there, Sarah B. Hucker Sanders did Huckabee Sanders did a great job. I'd put her in the cabinet somewhere. I'd put Vivek as in charge of the media. Just imagine if they asked Vivek questions, how he'd respond. It would be incredible. So surrounding Donald Trump with the right people is key to this. And who he elects or who he uh, selects, I should say, as his VP pick is really going to be telling, Lowell. 
That's spot on, Sam. Totally agree that uh, who he surrounds himself with will determine in large measure how successful he is at keeping his campaign promises to drain the swamp and to uh, to negotiate peace here in you know with other countries. So uh, you're absolutely right. Plus, it, with uh, I, I just wanted to mention that with DeSantis dropping out. That means he can continue to be governor of the state of Florida, where he has demonstrated at least a little backbone in bucking the recommendations of Fauci with regard to the masking uh, mandates and the lockdowns and stuff like that. Because after locking down for just two months, Florida opened back up and, and DeSantis basically thumbed his nose at Fauci and said, we are not locking down anymore. We are opening Florida back up. So, um, you know, I like that type of backbone. I want to see more governors nullify the edicts that come out of Washington, D.C. that, that fall By the outside way, the, the unconstitutional edicts. Yeah. yeah, the unconstitutional edicts. Oh, yeah, 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 right. I mean, if they pass a constitutional law, then, yeah, we should obey it. But most of what they do, I think the New American estimates that 80% of what they do is unconstitutional. Um, and I think it's higher than that. Um, but, you know, who can say for sure? Depends on how you measure their unconstitutional acts, whether you measure it by their money that they spend on them or the number of the, of the acts or the number of bureaucracies. I mean, lots of ways to measure that. But what we do know is that most of what they do is unconstitutional and if we follow the blueprint uh, for nullification given to us in Federalist number 46 written by James Madison then one of the four steps to nullifying the unconstitutional edicts coming out of Washington DC is what they call the um, the frowns of the executive magistries, meaning the governorships of the states. If the governor of the state will frown and, and openly criticize the acts of the of an unconstitutional acts of the of the general government, then then you can more effectively nullify those acts and put the uh, general government back into its constitutional cage. Sam? Amen to that. It's great work. And so we're going to watch who Donald Trump himself with. We're going to pray that good people, good men and women get elected. We're going to pray for honest elections as Vivek articulated, same-day elections, paper ballots, and more. We've got a lot of work to do to preserve the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let the enemies of liberty, don't let the folks in the culture war get the upper hand. I'm going to state it like this. This is a really important principle I want people to understand, Lowell, and that is this. Don't put what you don't know above what you do know don't put what you don't know above what you do know because you'll get uh, don't leave it to some other bureaucrat who you think knows more or i better leave it in the hands of the experts since i don't know this i better trust somebody else. no stick with what you do know you do know that you can read the constitution and understand its provisions you do know about the checks and balances those who have listened to this program do understand due process of law uh, and we can go on and on and on. But my point is, don't let what you don't know be above what you do know. Stand with what you do know. And if you don't know something, just say, look, you know what? I can learn it, but I'm not going to let it circumvent or overshadow what I do know. And what I do know is God ordained we the people to be in charge of our government. And those who serve us are delegated representatives and nothing more.
Um, let's treat them kindly, but let's insist that they obey uh, the law. That's what this is about. All right, speaking of that, whether it's on the general level or all the way down to your local level, ladies and gentlemen, the same principles apply. Here's one for your consideration right in Lowell's backyard. Lowell? I live in the city of Highland here in Utah County in the state of Utah, Sam. And last Tuesday night, our city council decided to change the zoning ordinance uh, such that alcohol could be sold in the city. Now, Highland is one of the very few cities in the county of uh, Utah County. There, I guess there's about 29 municipalities, and we are just the, one of the, the very few. I think there's only one or maybe two cities, dry cities, here in Utah County. Uh, and, and, and even then, we're not entirely dry because the golf course, which preceded the incorporation of the city, does sell alcohol there. But you, know, you, may, dis, you may not agree <clears throat> with... The, you may agree or disagree with the sale of alcohol in your community. <clears throat> but um, that's not the point here. Uh, the point is that the city decided to change the ordinance to allow the sale of alcohol. And this morning, a group of citizens met at City Hall to file an application for a referendum on that decision. And that's the main point that I'm trying to make here. Citizens are able to challenge the decisions of the legislative body of the jurisdiction in which they live if they will but do so. Now, maybe your state doesn't allow that. I hope it does. But And if, and if it doesn't, then you need to take steps to, to change the law in your state to allow the citizens to nullify uh, an act of government, you know, if they choose to do so. It's community standards. The Miller case, for example, from, from the U.S. Supreme Court. If you read that case, uh, they say in there something which, um, uh, let's see, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, um, oh, not Stone, Blackstone uh, wrote long time ago, hundreds of years ago, that if you have a community standard that you want in your community, you have the right to establish that standard. And so <clears throat> does Highland have the right to to be dry? It does. And it, when the city council makes a decision contrary to what the citizens want, then, yeah, the citizens have a right to, to put that up for a vote, challenging <clears throat> that decision and, and re restoring the situation, the status quo that was there before. Now, it was a four-to-one vote. Dr. Scott Smith was the only person on the council who voted against this change. In other words, he voted against alcohol sale in, in Highland. He gave a very good five-minute presentation, complete with PowerPoint slides on the adverse effects of alcohol on the community. For example, he cited studies showing how the rate of violent crime is higher in areas of a community where alcohol is soared, sold. Uh, one person who uh, testified at the hearing last Tuesday night described how busy the police are at nighttime conveying intoxicated or confrontational or violent people to the county jail, like two or three trips every night in these other communities. And, they, and, and they're not making those trips from Highland to the county jail. They're making them at, in other well, a, a neighboring community, American Fork, was the, the policeman from American Fork is the one who testified to that. So so I listened to the, all the comments given at the meeting. There's over 50 of them. 
And of those who spoke, there's one who advocated civility, 12 who spoke in favor of alcohol sales, and 26 who spoke in opposition to alcohol sales. So basically two to one opposed to the change. <clears throat> and uh, Where so would you anyway, stand, my whole point, How would you vote? Yeah, I'm... I'm opposed. I would have I would have voted against the change because I, I I believe in the community standard, and I would have supported the community standard of no alcohol sales in the city of Highland. And I would have now, voted what no other, as small, well, ladies and gentlemen, because I believe in the community mm -hmm. standard. I also believe in self determination for communities. Uh, and you know what? If they don't want to have alcohol sales in their community, I think that's a choice they can make. The federal government is very very restricted, as you know chained down is the way I would term it. But when you get to the state level, it gets broader. And when you get all the way to the most local of levels, uh, it gets very broad in terms of what authorities they do have. And I would vote against the alcohol sales. Quick pause. We'll come back. Lowell Nelson will continue on your radio. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable Live. Uh, my name is Lowell Nelson. I'm a guest on Sam's show here on Monday mornings from 9 to 10. Sam Bushman is your host. We were just talking about the decision of the Highland City Council last Tuesday night to allow alcohol sales in the city of Highland, which is a change. Up until now, we have not allowed that. 
and uh, they voted to begin to allow it. Uh, they're letting the horse out of the barn, so to speak. You can never put the genie back in the bottle. I know I'm mixing metaphors there, but yeah, it's very tough to put the genie back in the bottle after you let him out. Well, citizens uh, who are concerned have met at City Hall this morning, and they filed a petition, f uh, 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 an application for a referendum petition by which the uh, citizens will be able to put that question on the general election ballot this November. Not only does the question go on the ballot, but the ordinance is put on hold. So the decision that they made last Tuesday night, if the citizens are able to gather about 1,500 signatures, um, then that decision is put on hold, meaning that uh, the sale of alcohol will not be permitted in the city until at least November, when the question will be put to the citizens, to the voters of the city of Highland, and then the voters will have the final say-so on that question. One of the things that the city council did in making their decision last Tuesday night was they relied heavily on a survey that was sent out to each resident of Highland. Uh, about a third of the city responded and of those who responded, about two-thirds favored allowing businesses to sell alcohol in Highland. But you know what? The people who responded to the survey are not necessarily the registered voters in Highland. Um, and, and, and also, believe it or not, I, I'm kicking myself for, not, for, for having failed to return the survey, but I did not return the survey, nor did my wife. We just thought, wow, this would be a slam dunk decision. No way are they going to change the, uh, you know, this zoning uh, here in Highland. And so we just didn't bother to send it back because we thought it would be a slam dunk. No way are we doing, going down this road. Well, but Lowell, I want to um, I want to you know, kind of mention this. I don't want to derail the conversation, but I want to mention this too. Yeah. Though, what is this idea that we're going to do a survey, and then we, the elected officials, are going to vote on something and make it law? If you're going to do that, why not take it to the people in the first place for real? Because they know the outcome yeah. will be different. Yeah, in that's fact, why. They, yeah, that's that's why. And also, the attorney for the city during this meeting, he was asked why. Can't we just put that question on the ballot? And he said something that I have to research, but he said cities cannot just put a question on a ballot like that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, heck, you know, you're going to put you're going to put us through the, the effort of gathering twelve hundred signatures or fifteen hundred signatures before you can put the thing on the ballot. I mean, it seems a little backwards to me. I don't know why a municipality could not. Put a question on the ballot, but anyway, the city attorney said well, we couldn't. Well, the city That's council point members I have to research. The city council members could have said, "Hey, you know what? We believe there's a survey out here that says this. Here's where we stand on the issue. We're asking Americans to put this on the ballot for discussion. It's a big issue. We're not willing to vote on it individually in terms of uh, to take action. We want to see what they think. There's a lot that could have happened in the discussions and the advocacy of this thing." To where, don't tell me it couldn't get on the ballot. That's not true. Now, the research you need to do yeah. is fine, but all I'm telling you is there's ways that it could get on the ballot regardless whether they could just demand it be on the ballot or not. They could have appealed to their constituents and said, listen, here's what's going on. We need your help. We don't want to just decide for you. We want to serve you, and this is the way we're doing it. There, there's a big push to get this done. They're trying to twist my arm to get it done, but I want the people to be able to decide it. All I'm telling you is even if the members had to go to their constituents and push for it, it could have happened. 
So I, I'm not buying what the attorney said, regardless of the nuances of the legislation or the rules or laws or whatever, because there's always a way to bring that forward. I mean, a constituent could carry the ball for them. or what, All I'm telling you is there's a gazillion ways it could end up on the ballot. The filing this morning proves the point. Yeah, that's true. And and another point I want to make, Sam, is that a, I don't think the survey was statistically valid. The reason I say that is because um, it was a self-selecting group of citizens who responded to the survey, right? And that's not how you conduct a statistically valid survey. In order for a poll to be statistically valid, the respondents must not be self-selecting. You have to have the, the people who conduct the survey, they have to randomly select the uh, a cross-section of the community and to get their responses. You, you can't allow self-selection because then you get um, a, a, a biased result. That's one, that's one point. Another point here, Sam, is the idea of basing a vote of the city council on survey in the first place, I think, is flawed because if you look at Robert's Rules of Order, for example, these these rules have been in existence for well over 100 years. They do not allow straw polls in meetings. Because why? Well, because they're not binding. They're a waste of time. Well, if you because they manipulate to, towards to the general an outcome as well by browbeating and by manipulation along the straw poll way, too. They give people a chance to mm -hmm. twist arms and to play games, and Robert's Rules of Order are designed to prevent all that. Yeah, exactly right. So, so, so we we can we can leave this issue now, Sam. But I just want to summarize the lessons that I hope people will take from this uh, discussion. I realize that you don't live; most of you don't live in Highland, Utah. But the lesson is number one: citizens need to have a way to challenge or nullify the decisions made by their city leaders. Number one. Number two. Uh, the, if, if you do a survey, it has to be a valid survey, which means it can't be self-selecting. It's got to be random. And number three point is just take a lesson from Robert's Rules of Order. Don't do straw polls and don't base your decisions on those straw polls. It, just get to the decision, put a motion, uh, make it a binding motion, discuss it, and then vote on it. That's what Robert's Rules does and that's what I think our city councils ought to do if we want good government, good local government. Uh, and, and that's really where we ought to put our emphasis anyway, Sam, uh, because local government is the very best government. That's where we ought to be most involved and most keenly interested. Sam? Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. And one final point of this, ladies and gentlemen, is it's really important that we keep an eye on what our officials are doing. And that we let them know when we're happy with what they're doing and when we're not happy with what they're doing. We don't be rude or belligerent or crazy, but we absolutely let them know that we're watching and that we expect them to do and not do certain things based on the rule of law in America. And there's a group, uh, the, the New American, helping us do just that to wrap up the discussion today. Lowell? Boy, and they do such a great job. Every three months, so like four times a year, they publish the Freedom Index. And this, we're talking about the New American magazine here, the New American. Um, you can go to their website and you can see this, this Freedom Index. Um, it, basically, they take 10 bills during the quarter and uh, they, they take bills where a constitutional principle is involved. And then they score the legislators, the, meaning the members of Congress. This is a this is a national index, right? So the 535 members of Congress is who they score. 
and they score them based on their vote. If they vote with the Constitution or against the Constitution in relation to the bill on the floor, uh, and, and they get a plus or a minus, and then they, they get a, a score. Uh, so, if, if, for example, let's just take one example. Um, uh, here, here's the example from the U.S. Senate. Senator Rand Paul offered an amendment to the Continuing Appropriations Act to reduce funding by 15%, uh, except for defense, and to rescind $30 billion in enforcement funds that was given to the IRS. Well, the Senate rejected the amendment 32 to 65. This ought to have passed because most of federal spending is unconstitutional and the national debt recently surpassed $33 trillion. Okay, so that's an example of a bill. So Rand Paul, he scored a plus on that because he voted uh, for that amendment. He did not, in other words, he voted to reduce funding. Well, all 100 senators were scored on that bill. And it turns out that Mike Lee was with Rand Paul on that, uh, but Mitt Romney was not. And so, you know, Mitt gets, he got a, like a 50%, and uh, Mike Lee and Rand Paul, they both scored 100% on the Freedom Index in this last go-round. There were three senators who scored 100%. I know you could name Rand Paul and, and Mike Lee, but it also... Senator Braun of Indiana also scored 100% on the Freedom Index this past quarter. And, and just parting shot here, there were 20 representatives who scored 100% on the Freedom Index in the U.S. House. And I thought that's a big number, Sam. That's a great improvement over like 10 years ago when there was only like a handful um, uh, who, who scored 100% on the Freedom Index. Bad news, Sam, not a single representative from the state of Utah scored uh, anywhere near 100%. They, they were 50% and 60%ers here from the state of Utah, Sam. It's an embarrassment. Amen to that. Bottom line, 20 senators got 100 or 20 congressmen got 100% on the Freedom Index. The most recent time in three senators. Give us the three senators real quick, Lowell. Yeah, that was Braun of Indiana, from the state of Indiana, Senator Braun, uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, and Senator Mike Lee of Utah. And by the way, if you check out the notes at libertyroundtable.com, I put the 20 congressmen. We've just run out of time. Check those out. Lowell Nelson, fantastic work as always. Thank you so much for your commentary and your uh, stand for the sacred cause of liberty. We're grateful for you and all that you do. Everybody learn about CampaignForLiberty.org. They're doing a phenomenal job for solutions across America. Ladies and gentlemen, for Lowell Nelson, Scott Bradley, Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Yeah.